0: Hello everyone and welcome to Film Punch, a podcast where we first watch a film and then discuss it immediately after. Today I am hosting Neil and I am joined by Sharon, Dave, and Angela. And today we are talking about the 1985 film Ron by legendary director Akira Kurosawa. So Ron is this epic samurai film, the sort of film that Kurosawa Uh, Made his name for in the West And uh, Unlike a lot of the other Samurai films that Kurosawa did uh, Ron is later In his career, it's color It's done in the 1980s Most of them were done in the 60s So, I guess kind of the first thing I want to talk about, really, is uh, some of the striking cinematography in this film. What were people's thoughts about the different colors used in this film, and how were colors used to sort of set the stage for the story?
1: Um, Yeah, his use of color was outstanding. I mean, um, I think this was his second or third color film, I believe. Where uh, Kage Kagemusha, I believe, was Ka- Kagemusha, Kagemusha. Yeah, yeah. Kagemusha. Um, that was sort of his first experiment with color, and it, that one also used color exceptionally well. But this was definitely you know, above that.
0: So, so there actually were uh, like I think three other color movies. There was one that he did that yeah. was about a uh, mentally slow kid in Tokyo in 1970. There was another one that he did in the Soviet Union, and I'm blanking on all the names of these films. And then, and then Kage Musha, which is kind of considered a dress rehearsal for Ron, and then Ron. So this is his fourth color film, but the vast majority of Kurosawa's catalog is all in black and white.
2: So what I thought was interesting with color with this one was. There were some scenes that were very colorful, vibrant colors coming out at you. And they tend to be like the slower scenes, the setting up. But then when we got into the more battle scenes, it was more gray that took over with the the accents of red for the blood that was coming down. So Hmm. it was, you know, interesting contrasts, uh, the colors being used based off of what the scene needs to portray.
3: Yeah.
0: Any thoughts along with those? So, yeah. Well, and I, I, I noticed just how intense and stark the colors were when royalty was around Mm -hmm. versus when, uh, uh, you know, just individuals were out in the field. Uh, There tended to be less natural colors for obvious reasons. Uh, But, you know, everything seemed like it was, like, turned up. Uh, Everything had sort of a painterly sort of abstraction to it.
1: Everything seemed intentional. The the use of color seemed intentional. There there was no uh, randomness. Um, it was all intentionally placed mm-hmm. and it's it's the movie's kind of like a painting mm. <laughs> <But> yeah <laughs> that right, like
4: moto I'm gonna be like the martyr for my family and everything that you do mm-hmm. and then like the well even it was used to sound the swishing of her clothes I mean, you know she knew she was coming in yeah like, yeah.
0: Yeah, you could hear that. And, and I guess, I guess uh, along that line, uh, the sound design, I think, was really excellent in this film. Uh, sort of my personal favorite was uh, when Kagemusha's days were numbered. and Not, not Kagemusha. Not Kagemusha, but uh, Hide Tora's yeah. days were numbered. And you actually hear the cicadas just get louder and louder and louder as he becomes more and more isolated. I also thought the sound, the use of
1: the lack of sound was interesting. Like there wasn't, like a background music throughout. Yeah. So if there was ever background music, it was intentional. Yeah. It was it set the mood, set the tone.
0: So, so I feel like I feel like we're 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 kind of circling around something in an abstract sense mm-hmm. because uh, there is one scene in this film, in my opinion, that really defines the film for me, and that's the raid on Hide Torres castle. And uh, when you're talking about lack of sound, Hidetora's castle is entirely, most of that scene until uh, the climax, at which point uh, one of the two sons is killed, uh, is, and I believe that's Taro that gets killed there, right? Yeah. 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 When, Taro, when Taro gets killed, uh, that entire scene has no sound effects. Mm-hmm. All you hear is this ominous, dissonant kind of soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Any thoughts? In fact, we should really just dive into that scene because I, I think that scene is one of the great scenes in cinema.
1: Well, that's what that's yeah that's basically the scene I was talking about where there isn't a whole lot of background music or anything, but then we get to that scene and it's really just a um, um, I'm blanking on the term montage montage yes it's just a montage set to this ominous music where they're burning things down and killing people and Um.
2: But yet there was like a little hint of humor in it where he was trying to, so you know, his two sons are attacking each other and him at the same time, the noble thing to do is to commit suicide and he couldn't find a knife. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, like, all mm. these flaming sores are mm. coming in, and you're laughing because he couldn't find a knife to kill
0: himself. <laughs> right. And it, it is sort of and wacky. one of
4: those arrows hit him, too. He's just sitting there. It, it's like he <laughs> set, set himself on fire. There. He had
2: to yeah. find a knife. <laughs> right. yeah, he, was, he was sitting in
1: the same spot the whole time, and, like, the flaming arrows are all going around him. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he just can't die no <laughs> matter what. You know what I mean? He wants to. He's, just, he's sitting there hoping that he dies with honor yeah, <laughs> you know, uh, and and that was sort of the Japanese thing to do at that point in time. Uh-huh. You know, if if you lost all your lands and everything that was worth uh-huh. your worth, you were supposed to die with honor by killing yourself. And the pork guy couldn't even kill himself. Uh-huh. You know, couldn't even give himself a proper funeral. I lost my knife. <laughs> <laughs> I
4: lost his,
0: everything. Well, his sword got popped <laughs> off in the, at the beginning it of that broke. battle. It yeah, it yeah. popped
1: off. It broke.
0: Yeah, yeah. it's like I
1: remember
4: he was like he was they were coming out of the door and just like for that broken sword.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, it was yeah, like the was first time like, he used I it. it I was kind of wondering if maybe it wasn't just ceremonial, like it wasn't intended to be used. Well, no, 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 I it
0: was supposed to be used. I mean, I could tell because... Everybody was cowering in fear of him. This was a guy who'd murdered many people over the years. Like, he was a feared warrior. Well, yeah,
1: but not necessarily him. It was his men that did it. Well, no, 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 no.
0: I I think he himself killed a lot of people. Like you
2: know,
4: he's supposed to be a 70-year-old. I mean, he's still an older guy. He's still past his prime. Well, like, back in the day, he had one that worked, and then he could have had, as he was getting older... The non-ceremonial
0: but, one, but but nonetheless, maybe maybe no, the no, sword no. maybe the sword was like himself. Maybe it was an old sword, oh, that, and it yeah. had been worn I, by many battles I in which he had been. This. Yeah, because because you could you could one thing <laughs> Kurosawa was really amazing at is like capturing group dynamics, and you could tell just by how the entire group of soldiers responded to him. Like it was not normal. Like a normal yeah, not group not of soldiers would just mow over somebody, yeah. but with him, they were. Terrified of him, they weren't yeah. willing to like immediately yeah. come across him because they knew he was an exceptional warrior. Oh uh,
4: yeah, but when you he know. comes out of the castle and I everything mean, oh, is like <laughs> oh, oh, he's, war- still, he's not dead. How is he not dead? Don't get to just let back off <laughs> <laughs> uh, Whoa, maybe whoa, he's a demon. I don't know. Yeah, maybe yeah, really yeah. A demon. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, well, yeah, yeah. They, they had to have thought something like like uh, uh-huh. supernatural was happening in that yeah. case because like. Uh, that's just not what would happen. Yeah. He would have killed himself already. They thought he already did. They mentioned yeah. that in the middle that's of the right. battle. That's right, they It did. was like, oh, he committed Harry yeah. yeah, Don't worry about it, you or, know.
4: Or one of those arrows would be put up on their head of. Some,
0: some yeah, 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 so. But, I mean, even all of his concubines were doing that. So yeah. you know, Or a good chunk of his concubines were doing well, some that. Them, you know. A couple of them did. The rest of them sacrificed themselves. Yeah, they went in front of them. <laughs> right, and then yeah. all just... And I uh, you know you know I've I've never seen such horrific stuff, like shot so beautifully, like that scene mm-hmm. actually where all the guns are firing, and you mm-hmm. literally see all of his concubines like fall to the ground mm-hmm. as the guns mm-hmm. fire, yeah, like, is there was just
2: also the scene where it was gray, and then you just saw the shots coming out, mm-hmm. yeah,
0: and
2: like enshrouded in smoke, and... yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. Uh well oh, and in that
2: blood
4: dripping down the wood mm-hmm. yeah yeah well, and actually
0: there are scenes in in this shot that were directly referenced by Spielberg in Saving Private Ryan mm-hmm. uh I
4: was where about the man that.
0: where the man actually holds his own mm-hmm. arm mm-hmm. uh uh Spielberg actually like put a little reference to that in the D Day invasion scene in Saving yeah. Private Ryan it's I was just,
1: actually thinking about that a little bit what, during know. that scene uh, there are some similarities in the way it was shot. Mm-hmm. Um, still, Spielberg's was was very different. But
2: I mean, I was just thinking in general, like war movies when they depict battle scenes. I could see a lot of like similarities mm-hmm. between how the battle scenes were done here and there and I mean, this is such a bad example, and I apologize for bringing it up. <laughs> Dave knows what I'm talking about Hacksaw Ridge, but like I could see some similarities in that. So,
0: so, so I think I think one thing that really distinguishes Kurosawa in terms of showing battles, particularly in this film is the extreme clarity you get. He's very good at showing very large troop movements, but Mm -hmm. you always know what's happening. Mm -hmm. Uh, Very long shots, very long takes on every scene.
1: When, When the soldiers were all rotating around the camera was positioned such that you could see their rotation and then you got the really long shot from the other side's perspective
0: yeah. of the troop movements. Whereas if this was like some huge battle in a modern blockbuster, most of them, not all, uh, it would be cut, 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 yeah. cut, 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 cut. You'd only see like a little bit of a crowd, a yeah. CGI garbage, a little bit of a crowd, CGI yeah. garbage. All of this was real. Yeah, That entire castle, by the way, that was a real set they built for this film. Uh, this film was very expensive Jap- by Japanese film standards at the time that's part of why it needed foreign money mm. but um, uh, like like that was an entirely real castle and they actually had to in one take burn the whole thing down
1: I was wondering about that
0: yeah. So, like, when you're watching Tora stumbling, you know, going mad away from his castle as it's burning down in the background, they were physically actually burning that castle down. And ah, they yeah. burnt that entire, like, elaborate, well-constructed set to the ground <laughs> in that scene. Wow. Uh-huh. So, and that's part of what I think. I think really makes that powerful. Like, mm-hmm. I think it's a lot more powerful to have something real like yeah, that yeah. as opposed to just, like, cgi pull it up oh, you know yeah. all over the place yeah. or at the very least optical effects that that yeah. was all real mm-hmm. yeah so yeah,
1: lots of well it's 85 so
0: it was all practical well yeah and it had to be but i mean i, mean, I a mean a lot of times they'd use i'm sorry
4: yeah but i don't agree what do you mean it's like one of was well when they went back to the like the new the newest star wars it was like they oh there's there's less cgi they actually built sets and everything and everybody's like wow there's definitely a difference Mm-hmm. And, you know, yeah, it, it does. It makes yeah. it more tangible than like this alternate reality yeah. where you kinda...
1: And I think we're starting to see that little bit of that come back. Like yeah. everything went CGI for a while, and now we're seeing okay, well, maybe it's better if we blend the two, uh, right? Mad
2: Max is yeah, a good example exactly. for
0: that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But 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 I think I think I think I think a good part of what's what's so uh, exceptional about this is how. Uh, You see every single troop. You see the entire castle... You know, a lot of films would use visual tricks. They'd show, like, maybe a part of the troops to imply that there's more than there really are. <laughs> yeah. They'd show a part of the castle to imply that there's more than there really are. Or use some optical effect to make the castle look bigger than it yeah. is when it's really just a little model sure. that's mm-hmm. going up in flames. Yeah. And, I mean, even, even in the practical era of special effects, yeah. you, you wouldn't have this level of uh, detail. Right. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Uh, well, just, and that's,
1: and the primary reason, as we've discussed, is money.
0: Yeah, it's really expensive yeah, to do it. That way. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. That's why it's not done that way very often. Whoa. Yeah, but but Kurosawa got really lucky, and this was uh, this re- helped uh, because like he was so inspirational to an entire generation of filmmakers, uh, foreign filmmakers like uh, Steven Spielberg and George Lucas, that they helped fund this film. And there was also French money put into it, so I'm mm-hmm. sure there was a bunch of French directors that put yeah. their money into this movie. Uh, this was like, hey you're an older man, we yeah. want to see you do a great film again oh, yeah. to give us another great yeah, movie, he, you know. He
4: was, he was Obi-Wan. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> what, I, what I liked,
2: mm. I mean, you know, those scenes were good, but I think I almost more preferred the more quiet scenes. Like um, when we first were introduced to the uh, the blind character, the, mm-hmm. uh, the, brother. the yeah. brother who and was...
1: Tajamira? was that his name? Uh, how, how do you spell that? T-G-E-M-U-R-U uh, Tagemura or something. something like that? Takamura? Yeah, something yeah, like that. Yeah. yeah. The blind one. Yeah, so.
2: <laughs> the, yeah blind. the blind I guy. Yeah. Um, I loved how, like, Whenever they showed him, you know, his hairstyle was done just beyond his eyes, and he always had his head tilted down, so you never quite saw his eyes. Mm. And I loved how delicate his movements were. Yeah, well, one
0: thing that I thought was kind of interesting about him was that he was sort of androgynous mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: throughout
0: the entire. Like, I felt like most of the clothes he wore were women's clothing.
4: And, and I thought he was a woman to begin yeah. with. Yeah. yeah.
0: So, and. and he
4: moved very delicately, too.
0: Yeah. So does anybody have any idea why they made him an androgynous character like this? I mean, was it. Was Was it.
1: it, Was it because he was blind? I mean. Well, I
4: think it's like he, he he. He had no family, had no property, had no. So essentially, his manlyhood was taken away from him well, in, in a way yeah I mean, that, that like makes
1: he had sense no worth he's essentially a non person yeah so,
0: yeah but you know. but but I mean at the same time like uh, he could be whoever he wanted because yeah, he sure. had no binding to society he kinda, maybe he maybe that's who he really was
2: he kind of because he so that his castle was burnt down when he was a child and his eyes were gouged out when he was a child and I feel like he still kind of maintains some of that childlike quality where he had such an attachment to his flute and Mm. um he didn't really seem hardened it seemed like he almost stayed in that state if that makes any sense Hmm. Hmm.
1: maybe a little bit
2: and I mean, like, when they're on the run, like, him being like, oh, no, I lost my flute, I really need it. Yeah. Which, as we, I joked when that happened, I was like, right. there are five things in his, like, in his living quarters. He missed the most important thing, but, well, you know, that's besides the point. Yeah. <laughs>
0: And I, I guess another scene that I found really powerful that wasn't like some big epic battle sequence was right when Torah is going mad and he's gathering all of his flowers together, mm-hmm. you know, like a crazy person. And the moment he interacts with somebody, all the flowers fall apart and he's struggling yeah. to put everything back together. Yeah. And that's like just such a, such a, I mean, it's a really blatant metaphor, but it's such a powerfully done metaphor for yeah. what's going on in his mm-hmm. life. Everything literally is falling apart around him. Mm-hmm. And another scene kind of similar to that was... Was the,
1: um, the Joker character, gesture, gesture, yeah character, um, making his helmet out of grass or flowers? <laughs> oh or whatever. yeah. Uh, and there was, I mean, there was no dialogue there at all. He just puts it on his head, and then uh, the other guy comes on, he just puts his his hands on his hips, mm-hmm. scolding, and gives the guy, you know, a, a scowl.
2: Oh.
0: Yeah, Tango, Tango, the <laughs> yeah. the loyal. Uh, uh, the loyal servant. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. The one um, who
1: tried to advise him not to do anything he did. I, I think, I think there's <laughs> a, there's,
0: there are some interesting underlying issues of loyalty versus, oh. uh, um, versus, uh, betrayal in this movie. Oh. You know, where do people's real loyalties lie? Yeah. Oh,
2: and then that's like the, the two lords that like help. Kind of stage that fight, and then afterwards they're like, "Yeah, we're not going to need your service anymore because you betrayed your masters. And why would we want someone like that?" <laughs> <laughs> they're like, "Wait,
0: that's
1: not how that was supposed to work." <laughs> <out."> <laughs>
5: uh,
0: but, but I mean, but I mean, even the Jester being able to get away with it as much as he does, like I felt like mm-hmm. that that largely comes from Torah deeply trusting him. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The Jester even mentions that you know he was around him even even from a very right. young boy, right? Yeah. So.
2: Now, what I'm going to say is, like, I know this went way further than what this comment is. But at the beginning of the movie, I thought with, with the main character, was it Hiyotora's Yeah, name? Um, I felt like when he was like, okay, you're going to be the real authority, but I'm retaining the titles and everything. I was like, this is a little bit of, like... You know, you can't have your cake and eat it, too, at the same time. Now, of course, they went way far beyond
1: that. (laughs) But but I was
2: kind of, you know, it's like, if you're going to pass down the range, you need to pass it fully down. Yeah, and that
1: was part of the problem. It was just, it was impulsive. Oh, I had this dream. Yeah. And now I'm going to gift my kingdom away. Like, wait, have you thought this through?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Of course, of course, this was also a society where technically there was an emperor that was supposed to be ruling over everybody, but he didn't really have any power. At at this point, this may have been one of those points in time, I'm not 100% sure of this, but I read Mm -hmm. that the emperor would even sell his calligraphy to make money because he didn't have enough money. Oh my god. That's incredible. Because even though he technically was supposed to be the descendant of the sun goddess and ruling all of Japan, he never really ruled all of Japan. So maybe, I don't know, maybe it was just this kind of ambiguous sort of leadership role. This is also the land where in earlier time periods there were retired emperors like the moment an emperor would get old enough to rule they'd immediately retire but then they'd still retain power and then so power power in feudal japan was really weird yeah. the way it was set up sure. so it kind of lent itself to these kind of conflicts well
1: and it wasn't really the the problem stemmed not really from power but from pride yeah and like the uh, main the um, he declared himself lord The Great Lord. Lord. Yeah. And but then he's complaining when his son, who is now the head, is sitting above him. It's like Mm -hmm. but you made me the lord of the
4: house
0: and you're in yeah. my house
1: it's like if you don't want me to every, if you don't want me to be the head then yeah. be the head but yeah
4: but i'm still your father is what right. it is You yeah. i be like yeah this is like my mom yeah. she came into my apartment yes, yeah but and I'm these, still these your things <laughs> yeah again
1: all these things should have been thought about yeah <laughs> but but i mean but i
0: mean ultimately ultimately what what disrupted the family were the manipulative actions of Lady Kaede. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Uh, because she's like, she basically egged on Taro to say, "Wait yeah. a minute, you should show your authority. Oh, Shouldn't yes. you show your authority?" And she really,
1: was, she was kind of badass, actually. No, yeah, oh God, she
4: is. Yeah, like, <laughs> like, like,
0: like sneaky and sly as hell. Like, I'd never want to cross her, but at the same time, like, she had a legitimate reason for doing oh, everything yeah. she did. And you could,
4: you, you, can almost, I like, yes, she's evil, and you can, but you can almost understand, given her situation is why she had to be that way and how she got that way, you know what I mean? It's, it's almost like It's not as pure evil, it's just like I was trying to survive and you took everything I have and yeah and the honor of the honor of my family yeah you
0: know? yeah the, 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 there's one thing that the, that she did that really bothered me it was it was her just wanting to kill sue like sue just got so, in her way so
2: that was what i was gonna say is it, it's interesting to compare and contrast what happened uh-huh. to him because very similar things happened their castles were raided mm. their families were slaughtered and then they were taken to be uh the wife for one of the mm. sons and they had very different reactions to it. You know, mm-hmm. lady, well, how do you pronounce it? Sui? Sue. Sue. No, yeah. not Sui, yeah. the first one. Oh, uh, Kaede. Kaede? Kaede, she, yeah. she um, you know, really became, I guess, you know, a snake, mm-hmm. you know, for lack of Mine better. 9 fox. Uh, a, a fox, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a fox. <laughs> Shape-shifting fox. <laughs> <laughs> you know, using her wits to kind of manipulate the, sister, the situation mm-hmm. and gain revenge for her family, whereas sue just kind of, you know, fell back in prayer and just, um, I guess, you know, she was much more calm and I don't (laughs) know. Well, she
4: was,
1: she was really the, the wife of the, the Lord, so she didn't, mm. she knew her place, I mm-hmm. guess I was one of Yeah, but say. I mean,
0: I guess she was accepting of the fact that yeah. every, mm. that, that this entire society was horrible. Yeah. And maybe yeah. it was a better, better to look at otherworldly things. But, even though, yeah, even though, um, Haideko,
1: Hi, 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 is that his name? Whatever his name was, the the great lord. Yeah. Had wiped out her family and burnt down he, her he, family. Hide he you mean? Yeah, yeah. Hide mm.
2: Um, it's, it, it's kind of like that fight or flight reaction. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the first wife, she's fighting the system, and the second right. was kind of you know, has accepted. Flying. Well, yeah.
0: accepted and and was I think I think more happy with, with living a proper life in the afterworld mm-hmm. than mm. continuing to you know doing what she needed to do on yeah. this world to uh, so to be accepted by Bodhisattva and go to the next. Yeah. Sure, you know.
1: So. And then you have Kaede who's trying to tear it all down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. I was pretty successful at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She did a great <laughs> job. And, yeah.
0: and I mean, yeah. when I mean, my favorite line of hers is right before she gets killed, yeah. and she says, "I had no, I had no choice. <laughs> so what do you, what do you think I had <laughs> to do? Right? Yeah. So yeah. but, 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 uh, well, like I
4: meant to do that. yeah. It's like yeah. You, exactly. You right. It's yeah. Like he's you put like, a, down yeah, I meant to do yeah. that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I, at the same time, there's, there's something. To be said about her bloodthirstiness, like she's literally bloodthirsty. Oh yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah, yeah
1: I well, I mean, to be fair, she'd been living under this, uh, con- you know probably getting angrier and angrier and mm-hmm. angrier, and just you know holding it all in really. Yeah. It yeah. Her, it was
4: her family's castle. Yeah. That
0: they
4: were yeah. 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 she said, this is where my mother killed herself. Mm-hmm. Right but in I mean. Room. It, it,
0: I mean, I, I mean, I've heard before that Kurosawa's films are sort of Marxist critiques of these kind of societies, <laughs> uh, and uh, like you, you just sort of think about the power structure here and how uh, you know what I mean. It, it's just it's just a system that is entirely set up to cause violence and resentment. There's no yeah. way out of it other than through you know religious means <laughs> like Sue took, or through death. Uh, and you know, there's sort of this weird hopelessness throughout this entire movie. Yeah, you know, uh, even even the final shot.
2: Yeah, with the the blind yeah. blind yeah. man. And yeah,
0: I mean, he
2: he doesn't really know that area that well, so he's probably destined to be on that edge yeah until he dies mm. i
0: felt i felt real sorry for him and he lost his last protection which was that scroll of the amida buddha mm. yeah so and the, the japanese actually believe this this sort of is a weird merger of shinto and buddhist beliefs where if you had certain types of holy scrolls or holy papers that would that would actually be the spirit itself mm. protecting you yeah. so he f- Honestly, like Sue, honestly that felt mm-hmm. that that Amita Buddha was going to have him in his hands. In the moment he dropped that scroll, well, that it was symbolic. Culture mm-hmm. Yeah. Culture
4: too. They have like. Well, you yeah. Notice how like, some people have like those those lions. And, and well, like, yeah, yeah, know,
0: yeah. There is like, some some of that in Dallas culture as well. Yeah. You too. Yeah. Exactly.
4: You know, this so is protect me while I'm driving in Chicago. And stuff. <laughs> right. 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 <laughs> so. Well,
1: oh, and then. He drops it. Well, she gives it to him, and then she ends up beheaded.
4: Right. The and then end. he drops
1: it, and we don't know what happens to him, but we assume that nothing good. Nothing <laughs> yeah. good, yeah. What I
0: mean, there he is all by himself at yeah. the very end. Yeah. You yeah. know, uh, and, uh, you know, when Kurosawa was interviewed about this film, it, it was all about, like, he, he said that it was an expression of his loneliness. Okay. was what brought this yep. film together, mm. and... You look at, at the sort of the way the conflicts go. It's all about characters that are ultimately lonely in one way or another. Yeah. Yeah. That's very society true. themselves sort of drives them all mm-hmm. into this. So, I I
1: kind of wondered if maybe um, part of Sui's or uh, Ka- Kaede? Kaede, yeah Caide yeah uh, thing with Sue
0: was just to ensure that there were no errors. Um, I her. think I. Th- I think it was just her being ruthless. She didn't care about anybody associated with that. She just wanted to fight for herself. And she may have...
1: She may have been angry at Sui for just accepting it, too. That mm, might have been true, part of that's it. That's true, yeah. Whereas she was fighting, you know, for her, uh, for her family. For her family's honor.
2: Mm. <laughs> it also sounded like Sue was... Considered very beautiful, so that there may have been that kind of element to, oh, like, yeah. you know, she's... Some jealousy. I mean, yeah, of yeah. course she was the formal wife, but that's why it's like, oh, like, divorce isn't enough, like, you know, she's, she's, everyone would still consider her, like, the beautiful one, mm. so...
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah you're right, because, like, I think, I think the more diplomatic thing for her to do was to divorce, but, I don't know, I don't know, it all had to do with this sort of pettiness yeah. and this kind of, uh, I don't know, I don't know, uh, power. Ultimately, that's what it all boils down to, is power and control. Power and and pride. Yeah. So. anyways, uh, so there are, there are all these ugly, ugly characters. Does anybody want to talk about something else that I haven't brought up?
2: So I guess going back to the color thing, just for a brief moment, so with, Hira Tora, I guess. H- Tora. Hide Tora. Tora.
0: Yeah,
2: um, One thing I thought was interesting and I kept noticing each time is, so, you know, they, we'd have a scene with him and, you know, cut to a scene with someone else. And then the next scene with him, his face got whiter. Mm-hmm. And as the movie got on, like, each progressive scene, his face just kept getting whiter and whiter and whiter. And he looked more and more like a ghost, I guess. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah he, uh, he seemed to embody death. <laughs> One of my absolute favorite scenes with him is where he's, like, standing on top of the ridge, and the people who betrayed him earlier, like, see him on top of the ridge, and the sun's glistening off of his, mm-hmm. white, uh, yeah. s- his u- white dress, or uh, robes, yeah. robes, yeah, and, um, you know, uh, he looks like a spirit of death, yeah. you know? Yeah.
4: That's just why I see that that castle scene. I see that is his that other part is like it is like his limbo. So I
0: guess we're wrapping up. Okay, so well, I guess we're wrapping up. Uh, So yeah, Kurosawa. I I think I think Ron is a really wonderful, amazing film. It's one of my absolute favorite films. Does anybody have any final thoughts as to why they like it so much or why they what they didn't like about it?
2: So this was my first time seeing this film or a film by Kurosawa. So. Um, I would say this is a very intense <laughs> first <Yeah>. introduction. <laughs> it's a very intense film overall. I mean, yeah. it's it's
1: essentially his masterwork. Yeah. So, uh, it, like everything that he's made up to this point, all he d- all dumped all of his um, his creativity and talent into this into this movie.
0: It was kind of his last stand before he yeah. was too old to make a movie mm. this intense. Yeah.
4: Uh-huh. Oh, just so as he's one of my favorite directors and you should probably just check out everything either I was I mean, like I brought him on you should do Seven Samurai, you should <laughs> all the way down yeah,
0: yeah watch just all watch of this. them.
4: Yeah, do, we could do a, we could do a podcast and just a study just on his
0: films. I, you know, I you know. agreed, and, and we could, I
4: would go to
0: him, <laughs> and we could probably talk for several more hours about this yeah, film. It's yeah, so dense yeah. and so deep and so intense, uh, yeah. and I, I agree. This is one of the great masterpieces he's ever done. I wish he got to do more films in color like this, for instance. Yeah. So, all yeah. right, with, with that, I guess. Uh, um, yeah, my only thoughts are just what Sharon right. said. You know,
1: check out his other work, uh, Seven Samurai, yeah. uh, especially since The Magnificent Seven was just remade, and I understand it's terrible. I haven't watched it. Oh, no it, I didn't know that. oh. Yeah. and his use
4: of non color in Rashomon, the scenes were. Re- from the, the, the trees and the light in that is oh, yeah. beautiful too. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean. yeah, yeah. So Some he's amazing. great in non-color too. Well, you yeah. yeah. got to yeah, start yeah. as a
0: painter, so <laughs> yeah. I think that should I'm tell not you anything. <laughs> yeah. but anyway, yeah. so uh, well, I'm glad. I'm glad uh, we all like this film, and I think mm-hmm. I think you should do yourself a favor, and if you haven't watched it yet, you should watch the film and then go back and listen to our podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, with that, uh, I'm Neil Klingerman. I'm joined today
2: And Sharon. Dave and Angela.
0: All right, well, I hope you enjoyed our discussion tonight. Mm-hmm. Good night. Uh, Join us
1: um, next time when we're doing Mother Aronofsky's new film. Uh, I don't remember the exact date. It's uh, a couple weeks from now, on it's, September fourteenth or sixteenth, yeah,
2: whatever the opening weekend is. Yeah, then, yeah. Yeah. If you want to follow us on Twitter to get updates in the meantime, our handle is at Film Meetup. Uh,
1: and you can also send us email at filmpunch at gmail dot com if you have any suggestions or movies
3: you'd like us to do a podcast on.
0: All right. Thank you very much for giving us a listen. Good night.
3: ...at the movies, an old Japanese warlord tries to give away his title and yet still retain his power. It's not by any means a remake of Shakespeare any more than Kurosawa's Throne of Blood was simply a Japanese version of Macbeth. He finds the same themes running through Shakespeare and through Japanese medieval legend... And he transforms them into a great epic of pride and greed and lust and self-realization. Ran is a fabulous movie to look at. The battle scenes have an amazing force to them. And it's a remarkable statement made by an old man about an old man who discovers that it is never too late to learn humility and forgiveness.
5: Well, I think you make a very good point at the end because one of the great things that Kurosawa does, and we could talk for the rest of the show about his career Mm -hmm. and about this movie, in fact, is that he, he it continues to reevaluate his life uh, and the way he has seen Japanese culture as he makes his movies. Mm-hmm. Kagamusha had him reflect on the samurai and the samurai warrior and maybe change some of his thinking. This film, again, talks about someone at the end of a life looking back and thinking about what they might have done. Look at the images. I just want to go to the images. There was a first cut. I don't know if you remember it. Right at the beginning, they just showed the great warlord, just for like a brief second, the arrow shooting across him. In the yes. And he, he leaves it just for a second, and it startles us and commands us, conveys all the information. What a director to know that just that one second could do it. Mm-hmm. Then the woman ripping the sheets. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, this is thrilling. I don't know if, like, my, my skin's alive right now as I'm talking about it. Mm-hmm. And that's what he does with his movies.
3: And that's what he does in shot after shot after shot. I think it's fascinating, Gene that we know that Kurosawa is almost blind, and he has been for 10 years. So that these images Mm -hmm. are images that he draws first on paper. He did Mm. thousands of cartoons and drawings for this movie because he could see that. And then he talks with the cinematographer, and he tells him what he wants, and then he's able to see more or less what he's doing. And the images, because it's harder for him to see, He Mm -hmm. comes up with images that are impossible for us to forget.
5: That's real nice. I want to say that when I see a lot of movies about uh, palaces and kings and all this kind of stuff, I never believe it. Mm -hmm. This stuff I thought was Mm -hmm. real.